0: Hello, I'm Jason Solomons, and welcome to Seen Any Good Films Lately, the podcast that gives you film recommendations, old and new, the latest film news, and stars talking about their life through movies.
1: I will always say I'm not a role model. I can't stand that sort of like, yeah, I'm not a role model. I swear uh, I've made countless mistakes in my life, but you grow and you change.
0: My guest on this show is Noel Clarke, the one-man black British film industry who created a genre in kiddolthood, adulthood and brotherhood, starred in Star Trek and Doctor Who, and is now blowing it up in Bulletproof on Sky. Noel reacts to the diversity of the new BAFTA nominations and runs through some of his favourite films and actors, and of course we discuss if he's seen any good films lately. Let's start with some news, I've just had a virtual tour of the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. Finally, after so many years of stops and starts, it's there on the corner of Wilshire and Fairfax in downtown LA and its huge 300,000 square foot of space dedicated to movies and movie history. Officially, the doors of the Academy Museum open on September the 30th, and it'll become, I'm sure, the highlight of any visit to LA. For me, it's exactly what's been missing from that city for so long. You know, you go you go to Disneyland and Universal Studios and all of that, but you're left thinking, you know, for a movie capital of the world, there's not much movie stuff to do there. Well, there is now. It's the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. It's even got Bruce the Shark from Jaws suspended from the ceiling like the old blue whale was in the Natural History Museum. So there's the Debbie Reynolds Studio, the Shirley Temple Education Space, the Geffen Theatre, the Dolby Terrace, the Spielberg Gallery, the Katzenberg Gallery, all of that sponsorship and legacy stuff is fine. What will be in it, though? Well, I've had a look. A, a sneak peek, a hard hat tour it would have been, but I got it virtually because of the pandemic, and that's quite unusual because I, I don't think I'd have flown to LA for it. So there are exhibits on Citizen Kane and Bruce Lee. On Real Women Have Curves, which is sort of a left-field choice, but a great choice, about the Latina women working in LA. There's a, a, a section dedicated to editor Thelma Schoonmaker, who did all Scorsese's films. Black filmmaker and star Oscar show. Cinema cinematographer Emmanuel Chivo Lubetsky There's a whole floor of Oscars stuff and Oscar night clips, including a VR experience where you can feel what it's like to go up the red carpet and win an Oscar on Oscar night. Uh, exhibits that you walk through the film process from story with screenplays. Uh, there are costumes, fantastic costumes from the history of Hollywood. Uh, there's makeup and cinematography and special effects stuff. There's an exhibit on Japanese animator Miyazaki from Studio Ghibli. There's a deep dive into the making of Wizard of Oz and how to create worlds. There's social impact spaces dedicated to Me Too and Black Lives Matter and climate change and how cinema can affect these. So they're very sort of... (sighs) sensitive about responding to the world now and they keep saying oh we shall not shy away from problematic histories brought up by Hollywood history and cinema such as racial stereotyping and female objectification. So they're starting I suppose at a very modern point but that's good they're not whitewashing. Hollywood history, it appears, although they are upping the diversity and the global aspect of it from the Academy's point of view. But that's all good. There's an Almodovar installation, for example. So, you know, they always said about Los Angeles, the problem with it, as Gertrude Stein put it, there is no there there. Well, I think now with the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures, there is something there. There's a reason to visit. There's a reason to go downtown. It will transform that visit to L.A. There's a reason to be there to see the history of movies to be in that factory town where the dream factory where all of those hollywood uh, dreams were made where people arrived on the greyhound bus dreaming of stardom Well, now there's a focal point and i can't wait to go there i'm going to be there in september and hopefully i can report on it for you History was also being made this week here in the UK with the most diverse set of BAFTA nominations ever, with nominees of colour and female filmmakers abounding, enough to make Piers Morgan walk off in an anti-woke huff. Thing is, all the films merit it. BAFTA just sorted themselves out and their members out and gave us good films to watch and spread the net wider. They made people watch the good stuff and raise awareness of what is good and what is awards worthy. I'm also thrilled that obviously so many guests from this show made it onto those lists. Ashley Medecway for County Lines. Congratulations, Ashley. Morfid Clark for Rising Star and part of St Maud. Neve Algar from Calm With Horses. Uh, The team from Rocks, of course. Uh, Soul, who we had on last week, the producer of that, Dana Murray. Uh, Kingsley Ben-Adir, Rising Star, also a guest on this show. You know, it's finally a set of nominees that looks like Britain, looks like the British film industry, looks like the films from the world. Around the world that I've been seeing, the documentaries and the foreign language movies, these have made it onto the, the best director lists. You know, they've burst out of any ghettoization, and I think that's great. And it's sort of the pandemic may have loosened people's voting muscles. They're not about, like, oh, we must have George Clooney and Meryl Streep on our red carpet at BAFTA night You know, there, there may not be a red carpet on BAFTA night so it doesn't really matter who comes. It's not about that. It's about whatever caught the eye in whatever language, whatever color, and whatever genre. And that's how it should be, right? The big interview on Seen Any Good Films Lately is brought to you during this awards season by our partners at Strike, the distilled drink with all the spirit, none of the alcohol. Strike, that's S-T-R-Y-Y-K, is also gluten-free and sugar-free and fat-free and 100% natural. It comes in not rum, not vodka and not gin and it mixes perfectly. It's the ideal way of celebrating this most unusual of awards seasons and festival seasons at home. And for seeing any good films lately, listeners, just go to strike.com, that's S-T-R-Y-Y-K.com and enter the voucher code Jason40 to get 40% off your order. 40%! For today's interview, I'm just going to recommend a simple strike, not rum and coke. Norman's done it. He's emailed me to say, I can't believe it. This strike, not rum actually tastes like rum. It tastes great. We got two bottles and we're going back for more. Well, cheers, Norman, for letting us know and cheers, strike. I was talking to actor Noel Clarke while those BAFTA nominations were coming in. He was a BAFTA Rising Star winner back in 2009 and he's been a vocal and active critic of the British film industry for years, fighting for change in the institutions that he feels hold him and many people like him back. So he was the perfect guest for this week's show. I was talking to him and the big interview on Seen Any Good Films lately took place as part of CONFETTI, which is the Confetti Institute of Creative Technologies, Part of Nottingham Trent University. It's a pretty special place. Thousands of college and degree students get access to world-class facilities and some great real-life opportunities. Industry Week, of which uh, this interview formed uh, one of the bedrocks, is a great example of that. There were people like Prince's sound engineer from the '80s, the creator of the first-person shooter game Doom, uh, top directors like Russell T. Davis. It's a one-of-a-kind festival, and that's where I got the chance to interview. Noel Clarke in front of a virtual audience live as the BAFTAs were being announced. So it seemed a perfect time to ask him about his career from Doctor Who and Kidot Hood to Bulletproof and BAFTA and of course if he's seen any good films lately. Noel you've been very involved in trying to work some kind of reform through the BAFTA system. We've seen some BAFTA embarrassment over the last few years. BAFTA's so white hashtags uh, streaming. How did those hashtags those events affect you and what have you been able to do about it? I
1: was on a steering group for sure that was that was there to just sort of rebalance things I guess and 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 let people that are talented that may not have the obvious opportunities just kind of be assessed in a more fair way. And that restructured the way that the the voting system went. So I would be pretty sure that the voting will be a lot more balanced in terms of all inclusion.
0: I'm also seeing just some of the the, the leading actress and supporting actress nominees coming through uh, a really diverse spread already coming through with those with some British actress, Wumi Masaku, I'm seeing in there, Dominic Fishback. Ashley Medekwe, fantastic uh, actress from County Lines. I raise this because, I know how harmful and how hurtful some of the, the way the industry was skewed before your activism has been to you and, and how you felt that it was, it's been upsetting to you.
1: It's kind of been the way it is. I, I've deemed it unfair and, you know, a lot of people didn't see it as unfair. But now that things are changing, kind of see what was really going on. It's interesting because I found another one the other day, some journalist who does the worst of everything awards. I forget his name right this second, but I will remember, you know me, I will remember. (laughs) He does the, he he used to do the worst of everything awards, which is fine because the worst of everything is just opinion, right? But one year, I think 2012, he not only gives me the worst in everything, but he gives me he, he creates a new award which is the epitome of terrible which is the noel clark award for needless productivity and then he lists like the three films i did in that year that's just racist i'm just gonna say what it is just gonna call it what it is that's what it is and that that's that's the be all and end all of it because it wasn't about anything it was about petty how dare this black man do that that's what that's what that's about and people can disagree all they want but why why do you need to do that i'm, I'm just out here trying to work hard and pay my bills and If I happen to be lucky enough, lucky, I'm blessed. If I happen to be lucky enough to have three films that come out in one year. By the way, I don't handle release schedules. I'm just a a person who you know makes projects but if three happen to come out in one year you're blessed why do you have to get the award the worst award for needless products it's disgusting disgusting and that that's that's just an example for me i think we've all seen in the last day or two the way the press can treat people when they don't look the way that they that the press want them to look
0: i think it's a it's a fascinating debate Noel, and you've been leading it honestly uh for for many years now we, we catch you at a time of uh, great productivity bulletproofs riding high on uh sky at the moment uh the bulletproof south africa i think it's their number one show with yourself and ashley waters Who was the idea for bulletproof did you and ashley come together did you approach him did you say we could do this together we could do this sort of bad boys thing it'd be british and you know be like the professionals but we'd be two black guys <laughs> but what yeah. was it where did how did you get it done because i mean i think the, the fact that it exists is is, yeah. is the best is almost the best thing about it uh
1: exactly as you said basically you know ashley and i had had, had these careers and you know we, we went to an event Together one day and we weren't you know, we weren't friends, like we knew each other, but he he's from where he was, I was from where I was. We didn't
0: He's east, you're west, right?
1: yeah yeah and we've been conditioned we've been conditioned by the industry you know crabs in a barrel like he gets a job i don't work for two months i get a job he doesn't work for six months he he came up to me at this event and was like yo we should work together man and i was like cool what do you want to do he's like i don't know let's have a let's have a tea or coffee or whatever and we went to coffee shop in tottenham court road and we sat in the coffee shop and he said you know what shows did you always like we're like we're like night rider Eighteen, team starsky and hutch or we're a bit young for that this that and the other but we love bad boys the movie and he was like let's do a cop thing i was like cool what do you want to do and he said well you know i've been seen by the the press is like bad, so I'll play the good guy with the ma- you know the married one, whatever, and you're kind of like Doctor Who, goody two-shoes or whatever, you play the, the the bad guy. I was like, cool. So I went away and I wrote this six-page document, came back a couple of weeks later, I said, Ash, what do you think? He's like, love it. That's the Bible, that's the conception of Bulletproof. Uh, and eventually took it to Vertigo and they were like, we love it. And it all went to Sky and the Sky were like, let's do it. But um, you're talking about a six, seven year journey. How can I help you gentlemen? Listen, I'm gonna cut to the chase, yeah? We're British police, and we're looking for that missing girl. Did the cruise house? you remember that? Yeah, I, yo, we're not here to arrest you. We just want to maybe a, a little bit of information that could help, you know? Police?
2: We the police around here, you're just two dead men walking.
1: Mm. Dead men walking? Nice gun. Best you want to get the door? Yeah, man, I'll do.
0: What are you doing?
2: one thing that unifies you fucking criminals, there. Huh? Greed.
1: So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. i take every note on that table and burn it one by one until you tell me where the missing girl is. You get me? She'll be dead way before you burn through all of my money. Huh. Challenge accepted, my man. You shouldn't have said that, bro. Right. OK. One thing I can do is bear money. Oh, shit, this whoa, shit, it's hey, going this up. This really goes up, bro.
0: <laughs> have you seen any good films lately? What have you been watching?
1: Uh, do you know what? The 40-year-old version I liked. Uh, Rada
0: Blank been nominated in Best Actress uh, at, at the BAFTAs.
1: Minari, Minari.
0: Minari, the, the Korean uh, film, yeah.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah probably those i loved recently and my kids also watched maze runner thought it was surprisingly good considering i'd never seen it yeah <laughs> <laughs> old film. i was like oh my god they're gonna get squished by the thing it was surprisingly good um honestly i have not watched as many films because the last year for obvious reasons so i started tradition with my kids Is like i take them to the cinema I'm like whenever they see a trailer they shout daddy because they know that's our thing and as soon as they hit 18 months i'm like cinema so all three of my boys, they, they're like, you ask them what they missed the most. at cinema. I've just made that my tradition, you know?
0: What was the so first film I, you saw in the cinema?
1: I think the first film I saw in the cinema was either was Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. I think that was right. It was about four. Where five, would that have
0: been? Which cinema do you know?
1: Hammersmith, uh, Odeon at the time. And then, yeah, my, my oldest, the first film he saw was Toy Story 3 when he was a one and a half. And he sat there like that the whole time. Apart from the bit when they go in the fire and it goes dark and it went dark and he went, more Toy Story! And then it came back on again. He was like, okay,
0: and then he carried on. And at that point, you were in t- you were crying, like all adults at that moment.
1: Really, I think I'm heartless because I wasn't. I think I actually had a heart. now I'm heartless. So I've missed a lot of cinema with the kids. You and I, we get screeners because we're in, you know, bathroom and whatnot. Weirdly, I haven't watched as much as I should have, which is why I've kind of been abstaining from most of the votes. Mm. Because although we're in lockdown, and you'd think I'd watch more with homeschooling and then trying to catch up on all my work. It's been actually weirdly a lot tougher to watch stuff
0: i think it is because you have to you know you have to sort of close yourself off because if we go to the cinema to see it or the screening rooms that we get invited to you, you you're there and you're like this is what my job is you know but you you, you now get, have these nominations come through you could uh, this will be the most i i don't know i'm assuming this will be one of the most pleasurable sort of catch-ups that you're going to do because you're going to watch a lot of films that you rep, that represent that you that you know like oh. that his house for oh. oh. me weeks would oh. mean be oh. sorry you like, you know <laughs> first time you could do that yeah but um, do you know what and this
1: is an important thing, is that I'm not just going to vote for the black people because they're black. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That just wouldn't be... That's the there's too that's many the, as well. You're going to have yeah.
0: to choose between black people. Gonna, so That's the
1: very thing we've been fighting against for all these years. So it's not going to be that. But at least I'm going to have a raft of performances where I can judge fairly. And there's going to be people that I can go, wow, at least there's two people here. And if that person was the best, I'm going to vote for them for sure.
0: Exactly. What about uh, if you could get into that TARDIS, that Doctor Who TARDIS we saw at the start of all this. And you could time travel to a set of a film and, and land in yeah. it. Which one would you go to?
1: Probably go to *Pulp Fiction*.
0: Great. Any yeah. particular scene? You're there the day they're shooting that scene.
1: Uh, just the whole process of it. I'd like to just watch the whole process and see how they how they shot it and and whatnot. If I had to pick the scene, I would probably pick is probably quite a boring scene. It's just in a room, but it is like the. Mm, this is a tasty burger that scene there that's
0: not a boring scene when he says you flock of seagulls and he points the gun
1: it kind of is because they're in that room so the coverage is just like like bosh 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 do you know what I mean but uh, and then John Travolta is behind the the thing with the suitcase
0: (laughs) but it's all about the tension and the dialogue and the
1: but just that whole just that whole movie just to see uh, I've met weirdly I've met Quentin Tarantino a couple of times and he, he has an absolutely no idea that I'm an actor or anything like that but I've met him a couple of times and he's just just talks, man, just talks. Like, he just, he's, I know there's been some hullabaloo and whatever, but he's always been just just nice and talk, talkative and chatty and excited. Like, you say to him, oh, I saw this, film. And, yeah, 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 and he'll, he'll talk to you for like half an hour. You're like, Quentin Tantino was just talking to me for like 30 minutes, like 40 minutes, and just talking, I, I love that.
2: You're Brett, right? Yeah. I thought so. You remember your business partner, Marcellus Wallace, don't you, Brett? Yeah, I, I remember. Good. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Sorry about that. What you having? Hamburgers. Hamburgers! The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. What kind of hamburgers? Che- cheeseburgers. No, 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 no. Where'd you get them? McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box, where? Uh, Big Kahuna Burger. Big Kahuna Burger. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. I hear they got some tasty burgers. I ain't never had one myself. How are they? Good. You mind if I try one of yours? This is yours here, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a tasty burger. Vincent, you ever had a big kahuna burger? Want bite? They're real tasty. Hey, hungry. Well, if you like burgers, give them a try sometime. Me? I can't usually get them because my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian. But I do love the taste of a good burger. Hmm. You know what they call a quarter pounder with cheese in France? No. Tell them,
1: Vincent.
2: Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. You know why they call it that? Because of the metric system. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker.
1: That's right. The metric system.
0: Who's your favourite screen hero?
1: i Love Samuel L. Jackson back in the day. So yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned Denzel before, so and if you're you, you, yeah. you're looking up to him, I think he's a, i think he's tremendous. I love Denzel. I'm going to say it now. I, I fancy him. I love him. I think he's just. I think yeah, he's, he's amazing, fantastic. Man.
1: He's an amazing actor. I, yeah, he's an amazing actor. I tell you, someone I'd like to—I'd like to—to to hang out with would be like um, Octavia Spencer because Octavia Spencer I've watched for years. You know, so she's gone from bit part actress that whole journey of being like who she is, coming all the way up to Oscar. I would like to just sit down and be like, talk to me.
2: Oh, how's as good as always, me I'm glad you like it. Mm-hmm. If I take you back, I'll have to cut your pay $5 a week. Take me back? What do you put in here that makes it taste so good? That good vanilla from Mexico. And something else real special. Mm. No, 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 no Miss Walters. That's Miss Hilly's special pie. Mama can have a piece. Cut her one. Go get a plate. Eat my shit. What'd you say? I said, eat my shit. Mm-hmm. Have you lost your mind?
0: No ma'am, but you about to,
2: because you just
0: did. She's interesting because she, she did all the, she jumped through the hoop, she played the the the, the roles that, that you perhaps would say to a black woman, you shouldn't be playing those roles, you know, she did the eye rolling, she did sort of played the sort of house house made, made roles, you know, that you wouldn't, uh, and yet, and then she comes up with some big stuff, you know.
1: People got to pay their bills, right, and this is the point about how the industry's changed, that like she was getting what she could get to pay her bills, you know what I mean, and probably making some tough choices, like, oh, should I do that, do I want to do that again? L blah 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 but eventually it paid off i would love to just be like all right i got the pizza we've got the soft drink alcohol if you need it whatever talk to me tell me as a woman as well yeah because i think a lot we can learn as men as well you know you,
0: you definitely paved the way i know you might sort of go ah i wish i was the way but you you've definitely paved it did you just get on with doing that or did you just think like I've got to get on, do what I've got to do, as you say, pay the bills, and or, or was there definitely? like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something for the people that come after me.
1: That's definitely my intention now. I would be lying if I said that was always my intention, because you, you know, you're just trying to do your own thing. You're just trying to carve out your career. I will always say I'm not a role model. I hate. I, I can't stand that sort of like. Yeah, well, I'm not a role model. I swear. Uh, I've made countless mistakes in my life, but you grow and you change. Like you grow and you change and you learn and you you evolve, we all evolve. So I think as I've got older, I definitely, as I said, realized that I'm here to facilitate keeping the gates open for everybody else, to to make enough people get through so many people get through that it can no longer go back to how it was. Maybe that's my path. Mm. You know, maybe I'm not supposed to, as I said, I'm not supposed to be Denzel. That's, you know, that's clearly John Boyega and Daniel and those younger guys, but I can hold my head
0: up and whether they
1: agree or not, and I don't know if they do, it's like, Without the stuff that I did,
0: the journey would have been even tougher than it was. Is there a film that you watched that changed your life? Pulp, fi- Pulp Fiction. Pulp didn't Fiction. it?
1: Yeah, and, and also Amores Peros.
0: Inarritu's, uh Mexico yeah. film with all the different... The, the, yeah. Because you didn't know that films could be told from all that different perspectives.
1: Amores Perros, Pulp Fiction and, and Go, which for those who don't know is Doug Liman, right? Very early Doug Liman. Before Born, before all of that, Go, starring Katie Holmes, right? And some guy from... Some kid from Grange Hill. That used to be <laughs>
0: And Sarah Polly's in it too. Yeah.
1: And Sarah Polly, who then kind of made, f- fell foul of Hollywood and disappeared for mm. like 15 years. They were films that were told out of sequence. And at the time, I didn't know you could do that. No one told me. I wasn't taught any of this stuff. No one told me you could do that. I didn't know you could do that. And then they were all around the same time within that three years of each other. And like, I'm just like, they blew my mind. I remember telling my media teacher, Mr. Jones, like, he, he was the one that got me into pop fiction. And I came in, I was like, it's out of sequence. I didn't kind of get it. He's like, you need to watch it again. I said, but why is it, can you do that? And he just went, you can do anything in films. And I was like, whew. I just remember him like telling me that. He still, I still talk to him now. Like he still, he still works in that college. And I'll tell him sometimes, you know, you know, I'll mention him in interviews and go, here's another one, man. You inspire, you know, thank you. And he's like, man, I can't believe it. I'm like, when he said that to me, I said, but you, can you do that in film? And he just went, you can do anything. I was like, "What the." F- you know, and, and those films, like 4321 is a direct inspiration, is inspired by Go, Pop Fiction, and Amara Sparrows. I was like, I always was like, from that point on, at like 16, no, Pulp Fiction, I was like 18, 19, I was like, I'm going to tell, I'm going to write an out-sequence movie. I'm going to write an out-sequence movie, I'm going to figure it out, I'm going to unlock it, I'm going to do it. You've got to figure like 10 years before that happened, but I was like, I'm going to do this.
0: no. That advice that you gave, you can do anything in films, your career, your success, your perseverance has proven him absolutely correct. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. I hope big you, up, Jones. Yeah, big up, Mr. Jones. I, I, and also, I hope you've dropped some insight and some names and films that we've talked about here today that, that people watching will go, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to go and watch that. And then hope that that baton like in the fast girls that you that you put on like that baton has passed and yeah. there's a relay going on as we've seen uh, with those BAFTA nominations coming through as we're speaking yeah. the, the actual work that you've done it's affecting it's, it, it you're representing and it's having an effect now I think it's uh, been a real pleasure talking to you mate it's uh, uh, yeah,
1: always a pleasure my man.
0: so Noel Clark, thank you very much indeed Thanks to Confetti for having me along. If you want to find out more about that, how to become a student there, how to join in, how to help out, go to confetti.ac.uk. Just time for some quick recommendations and reviews then. Judas and the Black Messiah. That's all I'm going to say to you. It's out now for all to see. This is the film that's getting Daniel Kaluuya all the nominations for playing Black Panther, Fred Hampton, whose politics and oratory power had the FBI running scared of their perennial fear of the rise of a Black Messiah. They thought it was going to be Martin Luther King. They thought it was Malcolm X. And then they were really scared that it was going to be this guy, Fred Hampton. So they sent a spy in, played by Lakeith Stanfield. This film's directed by Shaka King, a talent who's new to me, and it's my favourite film in this whole awards chat at the moment. It's very cool, it's urgent still, it's amazing and shocking. Parts of it are very tender, and I think it's brilliantly done. So tense and thrilling in moments, and very passionate and smart politically too. Plus, it's mostly true, or as true as a sort of feature film about these times can actually be, and... It's maybe the best depiction of the Black Panther culture I've seen outside of documentaries. It's got a very, very good soundtrack too. Got jazz avant-gardists on it like Rassan Roland Kirk and Eddie Gale and Horace Parlan and Duke Ellington. It's also got soul groups like the Ordells and the Citations and rap from the Watts profits and hers original tune fight for you which is getting best song nominations uh, let's hear the impressions with curtis mayfield on vocals and keep on pushing i've got to keep on
2: pushing mm-hmm. i can't stop now
0: Yeah, part of Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack there. Catch that film. You'll have to pay for it. It's on video on demand, but it is well worth it. Fantastic stuff. Also out now is The Little Things, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, who won an Oscar for playing Freddie Mercury, and Jared Leto, who's won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. Look, I know, it's a huge cast of Oscar winners. Denzel is a veteran cop in this, sucked back into an old case with Malek's younger cop, and they suspect the very dodgy-looking Jared Leto. Look, this could have been a classic, this film. is the sort of thing I love uh, with Denzel Washington too. Uh, you know, I paid to hear him read out my tax demand. He'd make that sound appetizing. Here they are talking to corpses for clues and opening old wounds. You know him, didn't you?
1: Then you had that one little feeling.
2: But you waved it away. You should have listened to that one little feeling Just like I'm listening to you now. You can talk to me. I'm all a friend, you got. You're not exactly a department favorite. Things probably changed a lot since you left. You still gotta catch him, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that much has changed then, (laughs) right? I can assure you all, we are taking a 24 7, all hands on deck approach to these cases. As a shark, if he stops, he dies. He likes to drive, probably has a decent car, maybe two, high mileage. You must really like my car. I do. How's the truck space?
0: The little things, sadly, never quite takes off. It feels like disparate parts of many ideas and script lines not quite followed through. There are good things and little bits and strong looking performances. They don't add up, though. The little things don't make a big thing, although it does keep you guessing all the way, the twists and turns. Look, I think it's a film that's actually about frustration, about how things don't work out how you want them to be, how cases can't be all neat and tidy and all sewn up. But that doesn't solve the problem of how to make a film about frustrating that isn't frustrating in and of itself itself to watch instead how about something much simpler and much sweeter it's called my lover my donkey and I which is a French rom-com seriously don't let that put you off it stars Laure Calamy, who you will know as Naomi in call my agent she's the the the, the, the sort of secretary who had an affair with Matthias and becomes you know his partner uh, in uh, the third uh, season look Laure is great and she actually she's getting bit typecast here <laughs> she plays a primary school teacher who's having an affair with the father of one of her her pupils. Not a great idea, I would say. And like most Parisian families, they go away for the summer holidays, but she thinks he might stay in town. But no, he's going on a donkey trekking holiday in the Cévennes. (laughs) And she thinks, well, that's a great idea. I'll I'll go and do that too. And maybe I'll bump into that family. Hmm. God, this is a very French film. It's got popping in and out of rooms, a bit of sort of ooh, popping up in bushes and falling over and Laure Calamie struggling with her luggage, uh, sort of comedy sort of stuff. And then you've got the, her as the mistress and then you've got the cold, hard wife and the beautiful scenery and the literary roots of Robert Louis Stevenson's Travels with My Donkey, w- where, you know, this took place in the Cévennes, that massive central just oh, sort of north of, between Lyon and Marseille, I suppose. Uh, you've got a donkey and you've got a sort of sex Comedy going on, but Laura Calame is charming. She's cute, she's baleful, and the donkey, who's called Patrick, is very funny. And through him, she sort of confesses all and realizes that you know she's being an ass and that she's falling in love constantly with a bunch of other asses. uh, Kath Clark, who reviewed this for the Guardian, she sort of said it could be called Eat Bray Love. <laughs> and that, that can't be topped, that's exactly what it is. But it is on Curzon Home Cinema just now, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it. It was a guilty, sweet pleasure.
1: <laughs> Bonjour, Patrick.
0: Voilà, s'il prend de la vitesse dans les descentes, hélicoptère, hein, il a peur, il s'arrête.
1: Euh, et pour avancer Allez, Patrick, avance
2: Là, il faut vraiment que tu t'imposes, hein.
1: Avance
2: Faut que tu lui montres
0: qui est le maître. Allez, mon gros, on avance Qu'est-ce qui va pas Tu vas avancer, espèce de bourrique de mer in French, it was called Antoinette dans les Cévennes. It was selected for Cannes, actually. It was a huge hit when French cinemas reopened in the summer. A domestic hit, making a big star of Laure Calamy, who we've always liked from Call My Agent, My Love and My Donkey and I, Curzon Home Cinema. And that is enough horsing around for us on this show. Many thanks to Noel Clark and to Confetti for having us and to our supporters at Strike for their great taste in non-alcoholic drinks, in movies and in movie podcasts. Amid all the recommendations you've heard this week, here are Jason's Three to See, Judas and the Black Messiah. Go, directed by Doug Lyman, as recommended by Noel Clark. And I'm going to give a shout to the just BAFTA-nominated documentary, Collective, about a Romanian scandal. Definitely the best documentary on that list. Collective. Seek it out. Next week, I'll be talking to doc maker Nick Broomfield. And ahead of the BFI Flare Festival, we'll meet first-time feature director Marley Morrison to discuss her film, Sweetheart. Let's go out with more of that Judas and the Black messiah soundtrack and this is chris clark's love's gone mad see you next week